Hey there, welcome to Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Iceberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. Uh, that we do. And this week we are back in the wonderful world of Disney. Ohana. Ohana does mean family, especially this week, because we are revisiting a favorite of both of ours, I think, Lilo and Stitch. Yay! Yay! Released in 2002. And it fits in with our spooky season because it's about aliens. Aliens! I heard aliens! Aliens! Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this because, as I mentioned last week uh I, I haven't seen this movie in a while so i'm excited to revisit it and talk about it scott what is your experience with lilo and stitch lilo and stitch is uh actually probably more my sister's movies because at the time they were younger but uh i actually do enjoy this movie quite a good deal i think stitch is quite a fun character yeah so lilo and stitch was in the post-Renaissance era, which is filled with a lot of eh and a couple of gems, including this one. Uh, This was right in between Atlantis and Treasure Planet. So we found a sweet spot in there for for Disney to shine. Two movies that I feel like a lot more people like now than they did when it came out. Well, I think they both have a bit of a cult following, or at least a following as, as much as like hey, these were good concepts for movies, but maybe weren't uh, executed that well. What are you telling me? You're telling me you didn't like The Mole Man? <laughs> In Atlantis? No, I, I didn't. I appreciated that Milo was voiced by MJF. That I appreciated. But pretty much everything else about that movie I did not appreciate because it's boring. <laughs> but anyway, we're not talking about boring old Atlantis. No, no, no. We're talking about Lilo and Stitch. A little alien creature that took over the whole freaking universe when it came out. <laughs> it's a hugely popular character in the Disney universe. I, for example, even have many Stitch memorabilia in my house. I have a Stitch pillow pet. I have Stitch on my keychain. I have, I think I have Stitch t-shirts, possibly multiple. Uh, yeah, I love Stitch. Because Stitch is a dog, but also a weirdo. And I like both of those things. I remember when the movie was coming out, they did all these trailers for it. They were really hyping it up a lot. Where they would start showing like the trailer for other classic Disney movies. And then Stitch would come in and just fuck it up. <laughs> and like It would be a way of kind of just building up the mystery of what and who this character is. And what kind of havoc Stitch would wreak upon us all. <laughs> yeah, that Stitch is a destructive force of nature. But just in Disney history, I think Lilo and Stitch is an important movie for a lot of reasons. But just a couple of things to start us off. It's the first animated feature-length movie that is set in Hawaii. Ah. So that's cool. It did a lot of awesome things with like the music and the art behind it, the animation and stuff. There's about a hundred spin-offs and sequels to Lilo and Stitch. They're apparently making a live action version of Lilo and Stitch Don't. because of course they are. Oh, it's happening. Don't. It's it's already happening. Stop. No. Please. Stop it. <laughs> Stop. 
there there was a, a tv show there is a manga of stitch apparently it's called stitch and the samurai and it's i guess him just following a samurai around and causing trouble i want to buy it i have it in my amazon cart <laughs> i want to i want to read it there was also a very unsuccessful disney world ride based around stitch that replaced the alien ride they're like oh this ride is terrible and kids hate it let's replace the alien with a cute fuzzy alien that the kids actually like and then they're like no it's still bad (laughs) and then they closed it some more preliminary fun facts uh it's written and directed by chris sanders who also does the voice of stitch uh along with dean debloa these guys also wrote and directed the how to train your dragon trilogy uh, underrated yes which is also getting a live action version uh, i don't want it go watch the fucking animated movies just stop making live action versions of things okay well, it's fine well, animation is cool okay. it's fine i have to go off on the tangent now oh no oh my god okay making animated into live action makes sense when your characters are mainly human like Lilo and Stitch, your co-lead is an alien. So he's going to be animated or digitized or whatever the fuck you want to call it in a movie that doesn't translate to live action. Clifford the Big Red Dog doesn't translate to live action. (laughs) Jesus Christ. How to Train Your Dragon. Toothless will not translate to live action well. well. They're they're not going to have like two guys in a dragon suit. It's going to be CGI. Exactly. Which, why, then why make What's the movie? What's the point, then? <laughs> Same thing with Lilo and Stitch. It's like, obviously, you're going to just make some CGI version of Stitch, so just watch the movie. Pinocchio did not translate to live action well. No, it did not. <laughs> anyway, let's see. Uh, so, the score of this movie was composed by Alan Silvestri of Back to the Future, Avengers, Young Guns 2 fame. <laughs> He also was able to collab with a Hawaiian hula master, Mark. I'm gonna try and say this right. I wrote it out phonetically. Mark Kialii Ho'omalu, who helped do the original songs in this movie, and then of course we have all the Elvis Presley songs throughout the movie, which are also fun. The King. Yes, indeed, indeed. Y- you think that. We would be sick of Elvis at this point in our lives because they just made an Elvis Presley movie last year and they're making another Oscar-y Elvis Presley movie this year, only this one's through the eyes of Priscilla, apparently. It's called Priscilla. You didn't know about this? No. Scott's looking quizzical. Yep, that's happening. I don't think it's going to be as big as Elvis, Austin Butler Elvis last year, so we might not have to watch it. I'm not watching it. Well, if it's no. nominated for Oscars, you have no, to. No, I don't. Yes, you do. <laughs> You're contractually obligated uh, with the show to watch as many Oscar movies as possible. But yeah, it's just such a really, really fun movie. And then when it comes to the art, it's actually really interesting because this is the first Disney animated feature to use watercolor backgrounds since Dumbo. And originally they said like, oh, we wanted to just give the movie like a warmer tone, like an old fashioned Luke. But uh, in reality, similarly to Dumbo, who at that time 
the Disney company had a bunch of duds and was losing a shit ton of money, so they wanted to crank out something quick and cheap. So they used watercolors and made Dumbo, which is like I think a sixty minute long movie. Like it's you know, they were just pumping that shit out. And basically the same thing was done here. Although I would say there's probably more effort put into Lilo and Stitch just creatively. But because of prior financial duds like Atlantis and even Emperor's New Groove, because even though that's actually one of the good movies in the post-Renaissance, it still didn't make a whole bunch of money at the time. They were jonesing for some quick cash. So they, they cut costs. They cut the budget a little bit and used watercolors for the backgrounds. And uh, because of that, it did work out because they made a shit ton of money. Uh, the budget was a measly, a puny $80 million. <laughs> but worldwide gross was $273 million. So that's they, it, really? Wow. Yeah. But I mean, that's why they cut the production costs with the art and everything because they wanted to have lower budget but higher profit and then since then i mean forget it stitch has made so much money for the disney company that's true in merch alone i mean jesus but um i just love that little piece of trivia about the art because from a businessman's perspective it was done simply to cut costs and like just get to that bottom line but the creators of Lilo and Stitch and the artistic creative team use that to make something truly outstanding and it does stand out in a good way it doesn't come off cheap even though Disney was trying to be cheaper at the time well there are times even just watching this movie like it's funny that I'm watching it now and you said that because I was I was (laughs) taking mental notes where I'm like oh yeah the background's painted here or like oh this character looks exactly like this character who looks exactly like this character who looks exactly like this character. It was just like stupid little things that I started noticing because I've never really noticed before. And now that you said, oh, they kind of cut some cost here. I'm like, that makes sense. Well, even like there's a line in this movie where, um, because I mean, I would assume most people know Lilo and Stitch at this point. And they know the general premise. So Stitch is alien and Stitch is set on destruction. And apparently he, in his internal wiring, he's like predisposed to going to like bigger cities just to cause more havoc. The more havoc, the better, right? And there's one line where Lilo and Stitch are traveling around the island and Lilo just goes, ah, isn't it great to live on an island with no major cities? (laughs) And Stitch just like falls out. But, like, I would assume that that was done purposely, too, to have a more intimate story. You don't need to animate a lot of Michigas. Like, before Hawaii, it was going to be Kansas. So I assume it was going to be some podunk town in Kansas. Smallville. Sure, sure. Superman. But, um, yeah, the Hawaiian aesthetic and the culture is represented here, too, and it's really nice. And uh, it predisposes the movie to just like a laid back vibe. Yeah, I do wonder, and I don't think Disney will ever do it, but I do wonder if, since we've gotten into the whole multiverse kind of thing and different timelines, would you ever do like, even if it was like a one-off comic of Stitch landing somewhere else? Like New York City. I think they've done comics with Stitch, I'm pretty sure. 
and I know because I mentioned the manga before I know they've done stories with him doing other stuff so I'm I'm I sh- I'm sure that that exists in some capacity what you're thinking of but like what would happen if like the monster mm-hmm. not the stitch we all know and love but experiment 626 was let loose oh I see what you're saying yeah like a what if scenario like the Marvel's what if yeah kind right. of. I get what you're saying Last but not least, before we get into the nitty and the gritty, this movie was nominated for an Oscar. The fact that it wasn't nominated for song is really a bummer because Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride is just such a fun yeah. and sweet and lovely song. It's funny because I thought that song existed way before this. What Hawaiian Roller Coaster? Ride? Yeah, no, I think it was written. It was written for the movie, which is crazy to me. But we did get one Oscar nomination for animated feature, of course. Which it would have won, I think, if it wasn't up against a Miyazaki movie. It lost to Spirited Away, which I also have on my list for Scott, by the way. So get ready for that. Just by name alone, I understand. Right, yeah. It's like how the Train Your Dragon always ran against something from Pixar. Yeah, yeah. Wow, this guy has bad luck. (laughs) It kind of sucks. This runs into the wrong movie every time. Because Lilo and Stitch is like such a good movie, and again, like Scott was saying earlier, it's not one that either of us really grew up with in the prime of our Disney cartoon watching days. Like by the time this came out, this was two thousand two, so we were we weren't like old, we weren't teenagers, but we were like ten. You 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 get to the age where you're starting to experience different movies, yeah. And not be so kiddy. You're not just solely watching animated films like disney animated stuff you're you're branching out you're finding your cinematic tastes i guess at that age you ready to get into the nitty and the gritty scott i'm ready to go on a hawaiian roller coaster ride oh no so we open up our movie lilo and stitch in space Howard the Duck is flying by. Oh, no. Let him fly by. Don't. Just let him go. Let him go. Pretend I'm Elsa. Let him go. The Guardians are right over there. (laughs) So we're on some alien planet, and we're having a meeting of the minds with the Galactic Federation. And the head bitch in charge of this federation, she is holding a sort of military tribunal for this evil mad scientist named Jumba and uh, what I I love too about this movie is that all of the aliens all of the alien ships like all the stuff because they chose to do in Hawaii they inspired all of the alien stuff to look like animals and like aquatic creatures and things that you would find in Hawaii like everything looks like fish or, or dinosaurs. <laughs> or dinosaurs. Well, you, not like that you'd find dinosaurs today in uh, Hawaii. Perhaps <laughs> across the way in Jurassic Park. But um, <laughs> we are putting Jumba on trial for doing evil things and creating evil monsters. Now, Jumba is played by David Ogden Steers, who also voiced two iconic Disney characters in the past. Would you like to guess which two? Both the characters are from Disney Renaissance movies. Oh, uh, I have no idea. You don't want to guess? Uh, Pumbaa. No. No. One of them is Radcliffe from Pocahontas. Oh, okay. And the other one is Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast. 
Oh, that's right. He is. <laughs> I never would have pulled the Ratcliffe. That would have never happened. I thought maybe you'd get Cogsworth. So Jumpet is being charged with the illegal creation of this little evil monster who isn't named Stitch yet. We'll call him Experiment 626. And what's funny about this is like the head of the Federation is like, so is this your only creation? And he literally says it's Experiment 626, which would imply that there's 625 other ones that he created. Well, but in, that's there's no mention of that until the TV show. <laughs> well, in the same breath, maybe all the other 625 experiments did not take. So if this movie bombed, there wouldn't have been a TV show. Sure, sure. But yeah, it's just so funny because they meet Stitch as in the audience. We meet Stitch for the first time and he's just a little furry ball of chaos and he's just like going crazy, licking the walls, skittering about and uh, <laughs> at one point, the head of the Federation is just like, "Ugh, so naughty!" <laughs> I'm like, ew. <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? He says, uh, "Mima, mima quista or whatever he says here. <laughs> okay. And um, I, I tried to be like, "Does the writer have like something that that means?" Oh like, yeah, you were trying to decipher the language, like Google it. Like, <laughs> is well, this a language that can be understood? Well, no, it's just because like. Everyone, like, froze up, and that's what causes the head of the tribunal to go, naughty. So I'm like, what is, what did he say? Like, people are like, oh, he says I will destroy. I'm like, that that wouldn't make people, like, puke. Puke in, like, disgust, yeah. Well, they put Jumba in jail, and they're going to put Stitch on a rocket and send him to some, like, fucking asteroid to live out the rest of his days in solitude and sadness. And then uh, Stitch, because he's got the brain of a fucking supercomputer, he manages to weasel out of it and steal a spaceship and fly towards Earth. And he crash lands in Hawaii. Yeah. Everybody back in the alien planet's kind of freaking out. The head of the Federation sends Jumba to Earth to look for Stitch because they don't really know what else to do. And they also tag him along with Pleakley, who is uh, his little partner in crime. He's like an Earth expert, supposedly. And he goes with Jumba to kind of control him on behalf of the Federation. But he's just like the most neurotic... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> little shit. <laughs> He's our, like, Zazu of the movie. Kinda, yeah. Stop! I have just determined this situation to be far too hazardous! That girl is a part of the mosquito food chain! Here, educate yourself! Pleakley is voiced by Kevin McDonald, who is a, a character actor, comedian, mostly known from Kids in the Hall. But uh, I I find Pleakley interesting also because of the way he's characterized in this movie and in the entire Lilo and Stitch franchise. He is very casually and it's not really like given much attention. He's like experimenting with his gender identity very like casually throughout the movie he's like wearing wigs and putting makeup on and like acclimating himself to the human culture but he's like no i don't want to be a human man i want to be a human woman with a purse and a wig and makeup and heels because i'm cool like that and i'm like okay it's for 2002 
I just found that very interesting that they were so very casual about it. Yeah, and you know what? That's perfectly fine. To of be- course, but it's just it's it, strange to me that now, you know, the, the concept of gender fluidity and the trans community is such a hot button issue that gets everybody up in a tizzy. And by everybody, I mean conservatives. But yeah, like in 2002, we were just rolling with it, man. <laughs> Yeah, uh-uh. like, and they don't really joke about it. They make one joke where Jumbo puts the wig on, yeah. and that's pretty much it. They don't really make fun of it at all. No, and Pleakley, I don't know. Pleakley's one of those characters that he's just so neurotic. Right. Pleakley drives me a little crazy with his neuroses. Yeah, but I mean, that's that kind of character, yeah. neurotic. It's very Zazu esque. Like it's pretty much in all of these fucking movies. Yeah, I know, but sometimes it feels like it's dialed up a little too high. Well, sure, but that's just for the kids, I think. I guess I don't know. Kids it- like it when the things are dialed up, dear. That's true. And also, I think it's offset by the human characters in this movie, particularly Lilo. I think Lilo. We're about to introduce her because we're, you know, well, we're crash landing on Hawaii. I think Lilo. As far as kids, especially in animated movies, but maybe in movies in general, I feel like Lilo is one of the most realistic children in a movie. Well, this is the one thing. This is where I think this movie, not only is Stitch great, and I actually do really like Jumba, I think the sister relationship here... Oh, yeah, between Lilo and Nani. ...elevates this movie to a whole nother level. Absolutely. This movie walked so Frozen could run. I think this <laughs> I think this is light years better than Frozen. Well, I think I like Lilo and Stitch personally better than Frozen, but people I'm sure there are plenty of people that like Frozen better. I don't I think they're both great movies. I think it's easier for people to generally say that this is better because Frozen is so overplayed and so it just took over the world even more so than Lilo and Stitch ever did. When Frozen came out, it was a totally different ball game. So I think it's it's easy to say that something is better than Frozen just because of sheer everybody's like well, not even just- over Frozen. <laughs> Well, not even just because of that. I think even if you just break it down to just like the sister relationship. The sister relationship, I would say, is more realistic in Lilo and Stitch. But I think that both Lilo and Nani as characters are both more realistic. Even physically, The I, I really love how the humans in this world are animated. Everybody's pretty much hot in this movie, minus the child, obviously, the children well, characters. Also, every adult human in this movie. Well, except for the big guy that eats <laughs> ice cream. But for me, that's still attractive because, like, bro, give me some ice cream. But, like, never gets it. Yeah, I just love how, especially the female characters are animated because they're not animated to be like real thin. Like, so many of the Disney princesses are just rail thin little twiglets now you know modern modern day disney females i feel like are animated more realistically like you look at moana for example she has more curves and like muscles and things but yeah nani she's got like a figure and that's nice and uh, like pretty much all the females in this movie have like a figure and they're all fucking hot by the way which is upsetting for me i want to be hot like the fucking girls from hawaii and lilo and stitch but just as a girl with curves i've always appreciated that 
but yes, we since we're basically already talking about it, we are introduced to Hawaii in this movie, and we get our opening song, Hey Mele No Lilo, which translates to uh, a song for loss. Which, I mean, there's so many good themes in this movie. Family, brokenness, trauma, grief, all that good stuff. I I love the opening song. I love the splash of color you get when you come into Hawaii. I love the fish with a sandwich. Yes. We basically are introduced right away to this movie's humor when we meet Lilo, who is voiced by uh, a young lady named Davy Chase who was nine years old at the time. She also played Samara in The Ring. Okay. Um, I think I knew that. And she also was the voice of the lead in the English dub of Spirited Away, which is also kind of funny since we just talked about that. But um, yeah, she was nine years old when she did this voice role. And apparently Lilo is supposed to be six years old. Yeah, see, I thought she was old. I thought she was like eight. I thought she was, yeah, I I thought she was like maybe seven or eight. Um, but either way, I mean, I think it's fine. She, again, is, she plays the role very realistically. And by that, I mean like kids that age just ramble on and on about crazy weird shit and then just move on. Like, <laughs> like yeah, it never happens. <laughs> like it never happens. Uh, and that's basically what Lilo does a lot of the time. And they'll randomly also just say like the darkest shit and maybe probably not even realize how dark it is and then again just move on (laughs) like oh okay um and that's lilo in a nutshell uh and i i love it i love the humor in this movie we get a taste of it right in the beginning when we first meet lilo she is late for a hula class and she shows up to the hula class late and she is soaking wet and the hula teacher asks her like why are you so wet why are you late and she's like well it's sandwich day what does that mean it's sandwich day well i had to feed the fish named pudge a sandwich every week and i had to feed him a peanut butter sandwich well we didn't have peanut butter my sister said to feed her tuna we can't feed the fish tuna fish that's cannibalism so i had to go to the store and get peanut butter i'm like oh my god Uh." so why do we have to feed the fish because the fish controls the weather yes obviously you didn't know that Pudge controls the weather. And I do I did like in that opening bit with the song, it shows Lilo swimming in the ocean and then it shows the fish with a sandwich in its mouth swimming away. <laughs> I had forgotten about that. It was really cute. But yeah, so we we basically know everything we need to know about Lilo just in this scene at the hula class because all her other little friends think she's a weirdo and this little lily white ginger haired demon child says something nasty to her and lilo's first response (laughs) is to fucking attack (laughs) well clearly this this ginger bitch (laughs) she's like a seven-year-old who gives a shit (laughs) this little ginger bitch clearly knows how to press lilo's buttons and probably has done it on multiple occasions and multiple times sure and like yeah lilo's a little weird but you know what I still think Lilo, even being odd or weird, is generally a good person. Yes, of course. I I don't feel that way about this ginger bitch. No, probably not. She's a rich bitch, and she's rude, and she's nasty. But it's also kind of alluded to 
later on that like they just don't know how to respond to Lilo because Lilo has been through an incredible amount of trauma and when you go through trauma at a young age it kind of it it, it ages you a little faster and you don't necessarily fit in with other kids your age so the trauma that she's experienced is that unfortunately because it is a Disney movie after all parents are dead Parents died in a car crash. Therefore, she's being raised by her older sister, Nani, who we're about to meet right now. Nani is a hardworking woman. Yes. But, but she's a young But she's woman, a young woman. So she doesn't necessarily have it all together. But she's trying her best. And yes. sometimes it's hard to do your best, especially since what, let's say at, what, is she 20? Uh, I, yeah. She comes off to me like she's... 1920 21 she's also lost her parents and now is raising her sister right. and her it's, very young sister it's gotta be tough man yeah this movie does a great job at really tackling a lot of trauma and it does a good job of showing that real beauty and love and like strong bonds can come out of trauma which doesn't negate that the trauma was traumatic of course but it does show there's another side to it that you know you can move on from it and still have beauty and love in your life and i think that's a good lesson to teach kids while also making them laugh at a fish eating a peanut butter sandwich yes uh, <laughs> so lilo gets in trouble in the dance class for biting the ginger bitch <laughs> stop calling her the ginger bitch that's so mean um, what would you like me to call her? I, I don't know. I don't know, Scott. She's barely in the movie after this, so it's fine. We meet Nani. She goes to the hula class to pick up Lilo. She's not there because she walked off and walked home by herself. and Nailed the door shut. <laughs> nailed the door shut and proceeded to lie on the floor in a sad sack state listening to Elvis records listening to Heartbreak Hotel it's fine Lilo we don't have time for this leave me alone to die but anyway Nani gets home and again it just shows the sibling relationship really well of like I'm gonna fucking kill you please Lilo please let me in I love you I'm gonna fucking kill you so Nani is voiced by Tia Carrere ah who uh, we actually discussed before on this show when we did Wayne's World. She's the love interest in Wayne's she World. She is the love interest. And um, and then the social worker, Cobra Bubbles. Cobra Bubbles, voiced by Ving Rames, who we also talked about just this season when we did Mission Impossible. That is true. But he shows up for a home visit, and the house is in disarray. Just complete disarray. There's food left on the stove. The door is nailed shut. Like, all this good stuff. Lilo is obviously home by herself. So the guy is like, uh, do you often leave the six-year-old by herself with the stove on? Hmm. <laughs> Basically, the home visit does not go well. And no. Cobra Bubbles is like, listen, get your shit together. I'll be back in a few days. This did not go well, but you could still not be a shit. Just do better. Okay, bye. And then the door shuts and <laughs> there's a chase scene between Nani and Lilo. She squeals in terror <laughs> and they chase each other and shit. And it's really funny. Lilo hides in a cupboard, which wasn't always a cupboard. No. 
it was a dryer at one point, but they changed it. I think the explanation as to why they changed Lilo going and hiding in the dryer to her hiding in a cupboard is because, oh, we don't want kids to think it's okay to go in the dryer. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I think... I... All right. <laughs> well, I also think there was a story, like, before this movie came out of, like, a kid getting trapped in the dryer. Oh, really? Yeah. I well, think, that, I guess that would explain it then, maybe. <laughs> I think I remembered that. Like, there was, like, a kid who got trapped in the dryer, and they were like, oh, we can't... Uh... Yeah, it just looks very strange. It looks very much not like a normal cupboard. <laughs> It looks very much like it used to be something else, but it's fine. Lilo and Nani have a huge fight, and then later on in the evening, you know, Nani goes up to her room, and they make up, and they have a, a sweet moment together, and then all of a sudden, there's a green scary light in the window, and there's a big flash of something falling to the ground. And uh, don't worry, guys. It's not the chicken little fucking alien ship thing. Oh, thank thing. God. It's another alien ship. <laughs> well, it's great because... Crashing to the ground. It's great because Lilo goes, oh, please send me an angel. And then we immediately cut to Stitch laughing maniacally. That's the greatest cut in this whole movie. Because Lilo thinks it's a shooting star. So she starts praying for a friend and it's so cute and sad but she's like please please send me an angel and then it just cuts ah <laughs> yeah so stitch is now set to cause chaos yes but stitch ends up unfortunately getting hit by a car get hit by three or, trucks yeah and they think that this thing is dead they think it's a dog i th- i guess i don't know he ends up at a fucking dog shelter and it's strange because later on, the dog shelter lady's like, we thought he was dead. He got hit by a car. And Stitch wakes up in a dog shelter like kennel with other dogs. So you just put a dead dog in a kennel with a bunch of other dogs? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's weird. Let's not think about it too hard, though. It's fine, guys. It's fine. It's because Nani has the great idea. Okay. Now, because the movie has to happen, we're happy that this is a thing. But in like real life logic, right, you're already juggling a lot of responsibility and you're not juggling it very well. So you decide that the best thing to do is add another responsibility onto your plate by going to the dog shelter and getting Lila a dog because she needs a friend. Um, if she's actually six years old, she ain't doing shit for this dog. You're going to be taking care of this dog and you can't even take care of Lilo. <laughs> so you're going to get a dog too? Like, uh, this is just a, I'm not, the math's not math. Also, even if this is your thought process, you're like, oh, let's get Lilo a dog. Let's wait a couple of days till the social worker fucking leaves. <laughs> right. So he like clears you and you're good. But no, we, we can't do that. We got things to do, Scott. So we go to the dog shelter. Lilo adopts Stitch. Stitch manages to like suck in his third set of arms so he's got four legs now and he sucks in his little antennas and his little back spikes and he looks like a dog maybe not really kind of because he's fucking blue <laughs> like it's not a dog but it's fine stitch gets adopted it's very cute despite the fact that it's very weird lilo buys him for two dollars 
Yes. Oh, I thought that was so cute. Nani goes to pay the two dollars for the adoption fee, and she Lilo's like, "Wait, wait, I want to pay." So Nani gives her the two dollars, and then Lilo gives it back to Nani to give to the lady, and it's just like it's a very kid thing to do. It's very sweet. Meanwhile, this whole time, Jumba and Pleakley are like watching in the shadows basically like stalking stitch trying to find the right moment to grab him but they can't go out in the open really because they can't be spotted because aliens right so that's a no-no no 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 no, they can't do that they have to worry about the mosquito population oh right yeah yeah there's one scene in here where pleakley gets attacked by mosquitoes and he's like oh look these beautiful creatures and then he gets like sworn by them <laughs> it's it's like a funny cute little it's a very pleakly scene and then we get like a whole montage of lilo and stitch they actually end up jacking ginger kids a uh, little bicycle uh-huh. i'm not calling her ginger bitch <laughs> he, they jack uh ginger kids little bicycle and they go running around the island looking at different things and like starting to bond a little bit meanwhile jumba and pleakly are like constantly trying to get at them it's like a cute little montage and then we get a scene of nani at her job and lilo and stitch are there and stitch just again just causes havoc and gets nani fired from her job but don't worry this scene isn't a total loss i mean it is because nani loses her job but we also meet david ah uh, yes david who is nani's little sort of kind of maybe boyfriend Eventually, eventual boyfriend. Very, very sweet guy who's like, hey, Nani, what's up? I'm a hot, sweet guy who does fire dancing and I want to go on a date with you, but you're really busy. So I know you can't, but like, I still really like you and you're my friend and I would like to date you, please, please, (laughs) pretty please. David has more personality in this movie than like half of the actual Disney princes, <laughs> which is really terrible, but it's true. So Nani is just so fed up with Stitch at this point. She wants to throw him out on his ass, but Lilo brings up the, tr- the phrase Ohana. And they have this little mantra that they say, Ohana means family. It means no one gets left behind or forgotten. That's a very important phrase for this movie. And again, brings up the theme of family. And no matter what happens, family always has each other's backs. Yes. And it's just so sweet. And Nani's like, fine, we'll keep the stupid fucking dog that I don't even think is really a dog, but fine, whatever. (laughs) Oh, God. And uh, Lilo and Stitch end up bonding some more over Elvis Presley and uh, the Ugly Duckling storybook. There's some moments, though, where, like, Stitch makes a fucking city out of, like, books and shit and goes like Godzilla on the city. Yeah. But what I really love about this whole part of the movie as far as like them bonding and them reading the Ugly Duckling together, it just shows that Lilo and Stitch are very similar in a lot of ways. They both feel lost. They both feel like they've lost their family or in Stitch's case they don't really feel like they have anybody at all. It's just a a really interesting parallel that's built up between the two of them. And at one point, Jumba even says like, oh, well, you know, Stitch is hardwired to destroy and make chaos and stuff, but he can't really do that to the capacity that he's capable of. So like, what is he going to do when he feels like he can't do the one thing that he's made to do? 
well, this is also a big thing about nature versus nurture. Right, exactly. Like, Stitch's nature is destruction. And it's funny because even, like, Lilo draws, like, a, a like almost like a pictograph of Stitch where she's like, oh, you're 90% evil, but 10% good. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to fix that. We're going to have to train you we're like gonna, a dog, you know, the dogs that you are. We're going to have to make you a model citizen. Yeah, so, well, speaking of model citizen, so... Bubbles shows up again because he finds out that Nani lost her job. And he's like, you got to get a job like ASAP or we're going to have a problem. And then at one point, the, d- the dog, Stitch, throws like a book at him, a literal book, just throws the book at him. And Bubbles is like, I want this dog to be a model citizen next time I see him. Model citizen. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, is any dog a model citizen? Oh, Are dogs citizens? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't think that's a thing, but okay. So then we get another little montage of Nani job hunting while Lilo and Stitch are also still bonding. They're like practicing an Elvis routine together. It's really, really cute. But everywhere they go, they just leave chaos in their wake. (laughs) Yeah, Stitch flirts with an old woman, plays the guitar, and somehow the guitar breaks every window in the store. Yeah, <laughs> and then they go to the beach and they do a little performance, but then all the tourists are like snapping pictures and flashes freak Stitch out, so he just kind of rampages. And um, yeah, at the end of it, Nani wasn't able to get a job anywhere, and you know, Lilo and Stitch are both just bummed out by the whole thing, and David comes along and... You know what fixes the problem? Some choice waves. Yeah, he cheers them up by surfing with them, and we get our favorite song from the movie, Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride, which is so chill and so like laid back. I love how this movie balances like the chaos and the craziness of Stitch and all his hijinks with like the laid back chillness of the Hawaii vibes and all that stuff. Well, not only like that, that's great. Yes. I find Jumba really interesting because Jumba, who created Stitch, knows kind of how Stitch works as pure chaos, is immediately so interested in how Stitch is acting. Like, at first he's like, oh, you're just using the girl as a shield, basically. But as he's watching Stitch, like, surf and, like, actively choose to go out onto the water, and he's like, why would he do that? Well, yeah, because water is supposed to, like, affect him or, like, make him weaker or something. Well, he, he his body is so dense. If he lands in any bit of water, he will sink immediately. Right. And Jumba's just so perplexed by this that he's like he there's plenty of times where i feel like he could have grabbed stitch but he's like no i kind of want to see where this goes so now we're about to spiral into a big tub of sadness you ready for this yeah okay so there's an incident at the beach jumba decides he's gonna go grab stitch from inside a wave causes nani stitch and lilo to fall into the water stitch is trying to get away but he is sinking because jumba has him so Stitch comes out of the water, grabs Lilo to, like, try and hold himself up. She starts sinking. Nani comes down, kicks Stitch in the face. And finally, Jumbo loses Stitch, and David picks up 
the fucking unconscious Stitch and brings them all to the surface. Yeah, and they, they kind of have an incident there where, like, oh, we're scared that Lilo and Stitch are both going to freaking drown. And, of course, who saw it all? Bubbles. Bubbles was there. And we're like, ah, fuck. So then Nani goes up and tries to explain to him, and he's like, no, 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 no. I know you're trying to do good by your sister, but clearly you can't handle it. You need to think about what's best for her. I'll be back in the morning to get Lilo. You're done. And uh, she's obviously devastated. She takes Lilo home and Stitch kind of sadly follows because he, of course, feels guilty uh, about all of this. And um, they go back to their home and they have this terribly, terribly sad scene in the hammock. The two girls where they basically just are saying goodbye to each other and <laughs> they're singing Aloha Oi. <laughs> and it's so fucking sad. This one song has now covered. We've covered this song twice in fucking shoot the flick. Yeah, because we did a, a review of Train to Busan, and if you've seen that movie, that song plays a part in a very uh, devastating way in that movie as well. Uh, and yeah, I just again, I just love this really quiet, sad moment, and how it juxtaposes with all the madness, like that went on earlier and all the madness that goes on after it just it all balances really well and then after that Leela goes back to her room and Stitch is there and you know he's like gonna leave because he just feels so guilty and Lilo kind of tries to talk to him and like relate to him like you know our family's small and it's broken but like we're still a family and you could be a part of that if you want and Stitch is like nah I'm gonna go and Lilo says the most devastating line she's like I'll remember you, though. I remember everyone that leaves. I was like, oh, my God. I have to go. Well, I can't take it. Well, he, he, I think he also leaves partially because, okay, this is the one thing about David. Mm-hmm. David says a line here. Oh, yeah, to Stitch. To Stitch. It goes, I thought they really had a chance, and then you showed up and ruined everything. I'm like, he's a, hypothetically, to all your knowledge, this is a dog. And mind you, he's been here for two days. He's been here for two days, and yes, he's quite chaotic, but like, it's not really his fault. Like, <laughs> David, yeah. like, let's not blame. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I mean, he does cause an extra bit of chaos that didn't really need to be there. Well, again, but there was already chaos going on before that. Uh, well, again, this is why you don't adopt a dog in this situation. But still. correct. But meanwhile, while all this is going on, the head bitch in charge of the Galactic Federation is pissed off because Pleakley and Jumba have not gotten Stitch yet. So she decides to send like her second in command, aka the guy that also let Stitch escape in the first place, Captain Gantu, who is voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson, who is an infamous voice actor with over 500 credits to his name. He's probably more notably recognized as a Cleveland Brown and Jerome from Family Guy. Uh, we we love Cleveland. We do love Cleveland. Yeah, he's a scary sh- giant shark man because he's like ten feet tall. True, and it's the next morning. Nani and Lilo are very sullen in the house, and they're you know waiting for Bubbles to show up and and take Lilo. And David shows up at the house very rushedly and is like, oh, my God, you got to come with me now. Nani, I got you a job. And Nani 
goes to Lila. He's like, she's, she's like, stay here. Don't do anything. Don't open the door for anybody. I'll be right back. And she goes to go get this job in town. Meanwhile, <laughs> when she leaves, <laughs> Jumba is coming through chasing stitch because stitch like stayed outside in the rain all night crying reading the ugly duckling (laughs) crying that he was lost i was like i can't take this it's too sad so jumba shows up and he's like all right you had your fun now let's go and stitch's like no and then they have a big chase scene jumba chases stitch into the house and these two proceed to destroy the house just completely fuck it up yeah and what's hilarious too is like Stitch comes in the house, sees Lilo. Lilo's like, hey, Stitch, what what happened? And then fucking Jumba, his big fucking, like, I don't even know what to compare him to. He's just like a big fucking giant boulder, fleshy boulder of a man. And he just, like, comes in, like, on the side, like, peeks his head around the corner. And, like, I'm just trying to picture myself in that scenario as an adult. And I would scream bloody murder and pass out and this is a six-year-old <laughs> who takes it like a champ yeah she's just like uh and she calls cobra bubbles and she's like uh mr bubbles there are aliens in my house <laughs> he's like what the fuck <laughs> oh don't worry the dog's got the chainsaw now <laughs> i gotta go bye <laughs> don't hang up <laughs> so jumba and pleakley fail to catch stitch again they run off. Bubbles shows up to a destroyed house and Lilo by herself. So he goes to like put her in the car and he fucking yells at Nani for like leaving her alone. It's like, what the fuck? And while they're arguing, Lilo just jumps out the side of the car and runs away. And she runs into Stitch again and she's fucking furious at him. She's like, you ruined everything, you fucking piece of shit. He reveals himself as an alien and she's like, you're one of them? You bastard! <laughs> It's like a very fucking, she doesn't say bastard, obviously, but it's a very, like, intense anger for such a little girl. <laughs> yeah, so, God, she is pissed. But uh, they both quickly get captured by Gantu. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he takes both of them hostage, and Stitch manages to escape at the last minute. He, like, squeezes through the thing, and he gets out. But Gantu just flies away with uh, Lilo and we're like, what the fuck? And Nani finds Stitch. First of all, she sees Gantu as this fucking huge 10 foot tall alien and is like, what the fuck is going on? And she confronts Stitch and she's like, where's Lilo? Where's Lilo? Where's Lilo? And Jumba comes in. Again, everyone's handling aliens existing very well. Well, well, she does scream when she first sees Gantu. Right. But she after that, she quickly accepts that aliens are real and that they have her sister. Well, uh, I think she's more... You know, okay, sister's important right now with the alien thing later. Because at one point she goes, I know you can talk, Stitch. And Stitch goes, all right, all right. And she smacks him. (laughs) Okay, okay. Bam! (laughs) But yeah, Jumba and Pleakley show up to finally arrest Stitch. And they're like, yeah, we can't go and get Lilo. Like, that's against the rules. So, bye. And Nani's like, so what the fuck? She's just gone? Like, what What? What, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and Stitch is about to be taken away. And he says, no, no, Ohana. And Nani grabs him and is like, wait, what did you just say? And he parrots back to her their little family mantra of nobody gets left behind or forgotten. So Stitch turns to Jumba and he's like, hey, 
uh, help me rescue Lilo? And he's like, uh... What? After all you put me through, you expect me to help you just like that? Just like that? Ugh. Fine. <laughs> this is honestly one of my favorite moments in the entire movie. And Blakely's like, what? After all that, he goes, he's very persuasive. <laughs> he literally just like, <laughs> So, why don't you explain the climax of this movie, Scott? There's a lot that happens. Oh my it's God. very intense. Oh my God. So we go to Jumba's ship and Stitch and Jumba and Nani and Pleakley are flying after Gantu. What a motley crew we have here. <laughs> And there's like a a fight in the sky. Stitch basically shoots himself out. To, starts to try and scratch it free Lilo. Stitch gets blown up and knocked to the ground and bounces a couple times. Then he steals an oil tanker. As you do. As you do. Drives it to the volcano on the island. Opens the gas, shoots himself back at Gantu. Because gasoline plus magma equals rocket ship. Yes, because we found out very early in the movie, Stitch is basically fireproof. And Stitch comes and finally knocks out Gantu, grabs Lilo. They jump basically out of the plane. Yay! Saves the day. Yeah. Um, and then they crash next to David in the ocean. Yeah, cause, and then, again, David turns around and sees this huge rocket ship with aliens on it and Nani and Lilo, and he's just like, hey, Lilo, <laughs> can you what's give, up? <laughs> can you give us a ride to shore? He goes, I might need to make two trips. <laughs> okay, like, everyone's a little too blasé about aliens, I think, in this movie, but it's fine. It's funny enough. So when they get back to shore... Wouldn't you know it, the head alien galactic federation bitch is on shore and immediately arrests uh, Stitch. And she keeps referring to him as Experiment 626 to Jumba. She's like, you know, Experiment 626 should have done this and this. And that. You should have got Experiment 626. And Stitch just out of nowhere goes, um, my name is Stitch. And she's like, okay, fine, whatever. Anyway. Stitch. <laughs> as they're about to go on the, on the ship... Stitch is just like, can I just stay here? Can I not just stay? Is that cool? And the lady's like, no. <laughs> but then Lilo goes and gets her adoption paperwork. And she's like, I own this thing. So it's mine. <laughs> and you'll be stealing. Um, but like, Don't pillage my alien dog. <laughs> well, also, like, there's some great little like moments here like where Stitch parrots the line. like, Oh, my God. I love. Yeah. This is my family. They're s- but they're broken and small, but they are still... No, no, you fool. You're saying you're wrong. This is my family. I found it all on my own. It's little and broken, but still good. Cobra's like, yeah, give her the, the adoption papers. Then they can't take the dog. Oh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, we get a reveal from Cobra Bubbles, believe it or not, a social worker by the name of Cobra Bubbles, who is both size and stature of actual Ving Rhames, not just voiced by him. Turns out he is actually a CIA agent, a former CIA agent that worked at Roswell. So he knows all about the aliens. 
And he, he was the one who convinced the aliens long ago that mosquitoes were an endangered species. Ah, which is why Pleasley was so obsessed with them earlier. See, it all comes back around. But yeah, the head Galactic Federation lady decides to let Stitch live out his imprisonment on Earth <laughs> with his new family. And Jumba and Pleakley are also staying because the lady's just like, don't let them get on my ship. I don't like them. I don't want to deal <laughs> with them. them. <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, we get a happy ending. And then we get another like final little montage of like Stitch and Lilo and Nani and the whole gang just rebuilding the house together and like living their lives together. And actually part of this montage, I forgot... But it's them during the holidays, so we get to see Lilo and Stitch and the gang celebrate Halloween together. So this is technically a spoopy season-themed episode. Well, not only that, like, Stitch also gets to dress up as, like, Superman, kind of. Oh my god, with a bra on his head? So cute. I did watch both of the direct-to-video Lilo and Stitch movies because I think I mentioned this before, but I made like a rank list of all of the Disney direct-to-video sequels because I hate myself. But there was one, I forget which one it was, but there was one that was actually like one of the better movies and it was like Stitch had like a glitch in his, I think the movie's actually called Lilo and Stitch 2, Stitch has a glitch. Yeah. Uh, There's like some fucking glitch in his wiring and it fucks with him and he becomes like chaos stitch again and they're they're trying to fix him and like save him and then you he has a disney death in that movie where you think he's dead and then lilo is crying and i'm crying possibly maybe don't judge me and then he comes back to life and he's back to normal and everything is fine you're just like ah stitch but this movie ends on the most important thing. Oh, of course. On the most important image, Lilo, David, Stitch, and Nani are at Graceland. Ah, yes. Right where they belong, in Graceland. <laughs> in the house of the Lord. <laughs> in the Heartbreak Hotel. <laughs> so yeah, that's Lilo and Stitch, guys. Oh my god, we didn't even mention that they changed the scene in the in the climax because of 9-11 oh yeah in a post 9-11 world you see (laughs) oh god yeah apparently in the climax there was supposed to be like a scene where they're flying a jet or they're flying a ship and it hits a building and they're like oh we can't do that (laughs) that's a little too much so they had to change it you know i feel like in a lesser movie certain changes like that certain budgetary restrictions like this movie had would just tank a movie i mean we've seen that happen where you know things have to be flipped around and obviously budgets get cut and things like that we take shortcuts here right and it ends up hurting the movie but i think this movie among many other things it's a great example of like taking lemons and making lemonade yeah do i wonder what would have changed if this movie had let's say a 160 million dollar budget could have been interesting but it doesn't need it it really doesn't i think because it's such an intimate story with such heavy themes but handled in such a light-hearted way like that you still feel all the 
power behind these themes but you also just really love the characters and that's just it goes to show that like you don't need a huge budget to make a great movie not to i mean 80 million dollars is not a small budget no but in the world of disney it's smaller yeah it's it's at least at least a medium budget right in a time in disney history where there really wasn't a lot of trust in the company in the creative output there wasn't a lot of eggs being put in that basket at that time it's uh, a testament i think to the creators and animators and all that good stuff the artists the musicians all those things that can come together and make something really beautiful no matter what the price tag is indeed um so yeah that's lilo and stitch i'm so glad we revisited this it made my heart warm yeah and you know i i know we just kind of got over bad movie months where we had you know kind of a a a gaggle of duds so i'm glad that we were able to cleanse our palates with this heartwarming film um scotty what did you rate lilo and stitch did it change at all or anything? Nope, or? didn't change. Stayed exactly the same. What's that? Five out of five, baby. Yay, same here. Five out of five. High five for five out of five. This is the second movie, I think, ever in Shoot the Flick history. Well, now I have to do research. No, I think, I'm pretty sure this is the second movie ever to get a five out of five from both of us. And the other one Plus. also had Aloha Oi in it. Oh, Train to Busan. <laughs> that's, the, that's the secret sauce. As long as you have that song. That's the secret sauce. Aloha Oi. The saddest fucking Hawaiian song I've ever heard in my life. I feel like we've been pussyfooting around spoopy month. Spoopy time. Spoopy season. With uh, We just did our bonus episode of Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. And now we've done Lilo and Stitch. We've been dipping our toe in the water, but now we're going all the way into the pool on the deep, dark side of the pool. We are beginning Spoopy Month next week, oh, and yeah. I'm excited. Scott is going to be showing me a movie that I'm not excited about. I love how I just got through saying, oh, we just did a bunch of So Bad It's Goods, and now now we're free of it, right? No. Right, Scott? No. Scott, we're, no, but we're not doing another bad movie. Uh, we're doing a So Bad It's Good movie. Okay. Uh, we're doing a cult movie. Okay, um, like Spice World? <laughs> it's got Are songs. Are we watching Spice World it's again? Got, it's got songs. Can we just watch Spice World No, again? we can't watch <laughs> Oh, no. All right, well, at least it's going to be spoopy, guys. Spoopy. So stay tuned for that. I'm really excited for Spooby Month this year because uh, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm feeling the spoopy vibe in a way that I don't usually feel the spoopy vibe. So I'm like into it. It's going to be an interesting month, guys. It's I'm scared, <laughs> but I'm also excited. All right. So <laughs> until next week, this has been Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. I'm Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. You can find all of our Disney movies, all our Disney reviews on uh, our playlist. We have a playlist on Spotify, STF Disney. Uh, we also have a playlist of all of our spoopy movies that we've done so far on Shoot the Flick. So it's STF Spooky. 
spooky s-p-o-o-k-y stf spooky uh so check that out too and make sure you come back next week for our scary saucy saucy oh my god movie adventure Oh, by another coaster ride. Ah, <laughs> <laughs>